Welcome to the Social Podcast, where no discussion or debate is off limits. thrilled to welcome back to the show model, entrepreneur, and inclusion advocate, the one and only Lauren Chan is here. Thank you for having me back. Okay, we're going to kick this first topic off, I think, just for you, Lauren, because we are going to start on a fashion note. Uh, The Met Gala, which is the biggest fashion event of the year uh, for Vogue also, they just revealed the theme for 2024, and it will be... Sleeping Beauty's Reawakening Fashion. (laughs) The collection will honor historically significant vintage pieces that span four centuries and are, quote, too delicate to ever be worn again. Stunning. Um, So this is the theme. The question is really how do we think, what do we think about the theme, Lauren, but also how the celebrities are going to interpret this theme on on the carpet. I don't know if interpretation is the celebrity strong suit. Uh, <laughs> thank you. I'm not going to lie. I think it's going to be chaos. I think it's going to be utter chaos. And I think that can also be a good thing. We're going to see people interpret this kind of however they want. There's a nod in Sleeping Beauty to a story we all know well. There's a nod to a lot of vintage um, architectural artisan pieces. Um, and then people will kind of run with everything in between that. And so I think people are going to look their best do their own thing, and it'll be kind of all over the map. Do you think what some you people think? will actually go as Sleeping Beauty? <laughs> I think that some Probably. people might do that. Yeah, Somebody yeah. might. Camp was yeah. a great year for that yeah. kind of vibe. And I think that the people who are like smart and humorous with fashion in that way will be able to pull that off. Yes. The, well, yeah, the big ones who do so well, like Sarah Jessica Parker always mm-hmm. does such a yeah. good job. They will interpret this in such a clever way. Because I don't think it necessarily means that people are going to go to the archives and ask to wear a vintage dress from a big fancy name designer. I think that they will actually look at that, like things that are too fragile, you know, to be worn that are in a museum. You could have so much fun with that, with AI. Like think about the different materials that are fragile or things that are in a museum. Like you could look forward and even be like apocalyptic. Oh my Mm. God, is that like thinking about ecosystems and and the world and the environment Mm -hmm. that are ending. Mm -hmm. And one day we'll only see them in a museum and you go dress like a rainforest. There you go. You know what? I love your enthusiasm because I'm with you. I think they're going to mess mess it up. And you know what? I actually look forward to the people who seem to not even read the invitation where it's like there's a theme but then you see their outfit you're like, what part are you going to? (laughs) And I want to call some of them out. The first (gasps) one is Kristen Stewart. Okay? So she's the first picture. Now she is wearing Balenciaga. The theme that year was impossible conversations. How does this dress say impossible conversations? Because we we don't know what she's wearing. (laughs) But I don't think that's the part that she's supposed to go for. And then of course, we all know that the year that Northwest is inside her mommy's tummy. This is Kim Kardashian West at the time at the Met Gala. Do you know what the theme was? Punk chaos. Tell me how a floral dress is punk chaos, I don't know. And the biggest offender, the woman (gasps) herself, Anna Wintour. This was a year that they were honoring Alexander McQueen. Everybody was supposed to wear McQueen. She shows up wearing Chanel. So this has become my favorite part of the entire Met Gala. It's the people who get it wrong. 
They're yeah. the best part. Picking apart. So that. even if you don't, if, if you don't get the interpretation right, I like a good show on the red carpet, whether it's the outfit. But Lady Gaga to me is the queen of how to do a show. Do you remember mm. this performance art oh, this yes. year where it was camp? It was the, the year that you were talking mm. about, yeah. Lauren. It was like camp, and look at her. She did this whole performance art piece. It was 15 minutes. She changed into like three or four outfits. I'm like, yes, Gaga, you got the assignment. Bring it on this year. What is she going to do? But then there's others who I think this year you're going to see technology yeah. come in in a whole new way to your point, Jess. Mm. But this already started 2015 or 2016 model Carolina Kirkova. She wore a Marquesa dress. And as people were tweeting, the colors of the dress changed. And I'm like, if you could do that in 2015, what is Elon Musk going to pull out for 2023? Wow. And I think you're going to see technology. When you talk about reimagining beauty, I think you're going to have AI right in the middle of it. They're saying that's part of the actual exhibit in order yes. to have people experience these pieces that can't really be touched or moved or, or least worn. They're going to be using AI and a bunch of augmented reality, whatever that means, yeah. Yeah. to well, give a better experience. Well, I'll still be looking for the person who did not read the invitation yeah. correctly. <laughs> All right, let's move on to our next topic. Believe it or not, it's been almost 20 years since the original Mean Girls came out. It introduced us to the plastics, wearing pink on Wednesdays, and terms like fetch and skis. And yesterday, a trailer for the new Mean Girls film dropped. It's a musical based on the Broadway production, not on the original movie. But the lack of songs in the trailer has some fans asking, is it misleading and hiding its true musical format? So is this trailer a form of false advertising? Uh, so I'll, I'll send this one over well, to you first. Well, like when I watched the trailer, I really enjoyed it. So if I showed up in the theater and found out it was a musical, which I you know, I find it, I don't like all musicals. Mm -hmm. I think I would feel betrayed. Betrayed That's that they, they didn't, word. the trailer didn't have any musical connotations whatsoever. So mm -hmm. I think I would feel betrayed, but I would still be in the movie theater and they got my money. So it's a very effective trailer. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love that you said that because I feel like, I don't know if people are swayed that much by trailers. Maybe the people who are a little bit on the fence. I think if you're going to go watch Mean Girls, you're going to go watch it regardless, right? Yeah. Because you're already a fan of Mean Girls. So I don't think they're going to be taking someone like my mom who's like, what's Mean Girls? Yeah. And then watch the trailer and go, oh, I'm going to watch that. And then I don't think she's going to walk out and go, you know, they didn't tell me it was a musical. I'm leaving. I, I think if you're going to go watch it, you're going to watch yeah, yeah. it. See, and if you're and, not, you're not. And I'm the opposite. I'm the person who's a sucker. You know when you go to the cinema and then before your movie comes on, they have all those oh, trailers? Yeah. I'm the person. Tell me if you do this. I said, I go, and I watch the trailer. I go, oh, I'm going to watch that. You're going to watch that? We should come back and see that. <laughs> oh, yeah, that one looks good, too. I'm that person. So that minute 54 second trailer, uh, it lies to me every single time. But that's what lures you in. And I think they're doing its job. We're talking about it. So yeah. it's doing its job. I think, honestly... The movie trailer producer is just as important as the producer of the feature film itself. Oh, yeah. Because they're the ones that get us to the cinema to spend that money and that buy that popcorn for $50,000. Yeah, like, yeah. I think they're super important. Me too. And I know I'm getting lied to. I think it's brilliant. I want to tell you why. I think it's Barbie-esque. Yes. Look at Barbie's numbers. Just look at the success based on the turnout. Yeah. And what was the Barbie trailer? Basically nothing. Yeah. And then it kind of like one, two punched us with like Ryan Gosling dancing in a big white room. And we all came out going, I am Kenneth. It yeah, was yeah. so good. Yeah. And my theory on this is it's the same thing. And the musical parts must be so good. They must be so confident in these they're musical parts. They're not giving parts. us any. They're not giving us any. And they're oh, going to surprise 
a musical on us, it's got to be good. They're confident in it. Or it's really, really bad. No, Either way, I don't right? think it's it's that. Tina Fey. It's Tina Fey yeah. who's back. She made the first Mean Girls. Mm-hmm. Tina Fey is giving us a stroke of genius. Yes. If mm-hmm. She made Mean Girls 1 in whatever 100%. year that was, and she's giving us Mean Girls again. And I also think, listen, everybody, if you don't already know the name Renee Rapp, who plays Georgina, uh, Regina George, mm-hmm. she, this is a whole trailer just to show you she is going to be the next hugest yes. star. This I'm is a, a trailer huge for Renee her. Rapp fan. She, the nice. girl can sing. sing. Yeah. She can Dang. She came up starring in the Broadway version of Mean Girls. Oh, and yeah. so this is her lane. See, you're doing a very good job as a trailer. Yeah. Now, <laughs> now I want to watch it. My minute and 54 seconds I is up. I love it. You missed your calling, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> Next up, everybody, new do, new you. So the hair theory trend is blowing up on TikTok. It's the idea that changing your hair can drastically alter the look, your look, and also how you are perceived. So it includes some pretty striking side-by-side pics of celebrities if they had different hairstyles. Wow. So there's Courtney Cox, for example. They've had a whole host of them. Uh, oh, wow, wow, Cindy Crawford. Wow, Are you Cindy. kidding? She looks like the queen on that the bottom. Looks I mean, okay, so let's... Is, is a hairstyle that powerful? Yes. Is it? Oh my God. You, Absolutely. You guys know in my role is the, the correspondent. I get to dress up and do a, a lot of goofy parts. But it also means like sometimes a lot of wigs. Mm-hmm. And when I put on a wig, whether it's like supposed to be like uh, a short wig for a man or an older woman or a super long wig, I change. Like, so it's not only the perception of people looking at me, they're like, oh, I walk differently. Mm-hmm. You know, I talk differently. Yeah. I think it's super powerful. Except straight hair, my partner, Simon, if I come home with straight hair, which sometimes I think is like, you know, super contemporary and slick, he's mm. like, no, <laughs> I don't like you in straight hair. I was like, why don't you like me in straight hair? He said, oh, what did he say? I'm going to tell you what he said. He says it's too serious and not a lot of fun. Oh, <laughs> very he specific. Wants it, he wants me with big hair. He says, I want you with metal hair. <laughs> watching right now, I'm going to give you and Jess a gift for the holiday season because in my office, I talk about this all the time, I'm an open book. In my office is a collection of all my fake hair. And if you think that this hair on my head is mine, you're wrong. It's not my hair. And I have bags for each one of them. They're labeled. They have names. I have it for different looks. So Simon, you got a gift coming your way, baby. Date night in your office. Yeah. <laughs> and just try it on different hair. I mean, maybe you won't want the hair back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm so interested to hear your perspective as a mom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, I think that this conversation can go a little deeper. I think that a lot of the examples that we saw are white celebrities and yeah. they fit into the beauty ideal. And folks who don't have that beauty ideal hair have long been dealing with the detriments of having to change how they look, specifically with their hair, mm-hmm. to have the same advantages at work to um, have the same experiences while dating or or what have you. So there's that part of the conversation for me that I think does need to be said. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when it comes to work for me, I I kind of have this joke where my hair is not my own. What do you mean by that? Well, I work more. My livelihood is better when my hair is kind of like mid-length, straight and blowy outy with layers. There is like mm-hmm. a certain ideal that is set by like people. Sex, sex oh, yeah. appeal. So if you like wanted to go to the, if you want to go to the salon and cut your hair short, 
do you have to ask somebody's permission? Oh, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not that someone would say, like, do not do that. But it's like... But you do I want to discussion. Much? Yeah. Oh, I yeah. certainly would not be hired as much. I would have green hair if I could. Remember when, like, Billie Eilish <gasps> yeah. did the, like, Gosh. green and black? That, wouldn't that look cool? Yes. That would look cool. Thank you. But I don't have enough back. cheer, by the way. But, <laughs> yeah. There was a little bit of question. That was a wig, by the way, that Billie. So you can have that oh, look. You can just okay. go buy it. For me, it's very interesting because as a black person, we yes. know there is a long, complicated history with the perception of black hair and we've long struggled with it in the very beginning a big artist think about Nat King Cole and James Brown you know conking yeah. their hair using this kind of this uh, this this straightening cream to make your hair look uh, more straight more Anglo-Saxon so you could fit in so that when you're on television you seem more presentable luckily today we have shifted past that there are still people who have that choice but we have people like Lupita Nyong'o who goes full ball we have Whoopi Goldberg yeah. who is amazing and talented who rocks her locks and then of course you also can have a Mary J. Blige who wants to rock a 26 inch bust down and a platinum blonde and we can we're in this great time where we can we can move through different spaces and have whatever hair we want and I know I wear different hair all the time. I know it confuses a lot of white people. That's okay. I understand it. I get it. And I'll tell you why I did it. In the very beginning, I rocked my own hair. But as you guys know, there's a certain aesthetic we have to have where you're using hairspray, flat irons. And I ruined my own hair to the point where I had to cut it wow. all off. I mean, buzz cut all off. So I decided that I was going to wear protective styles so I could protect my own hair so I don't have to put it through all the process and everything. Underneath this is a big head of curly hair and afro this big. Just in case you're wondering. <laughs> It's like a different pair of shoes, a different a different wig. Yeah. And I love just kind of changing it up. That's why I do it. But yeah, no, it's a very difficult conversation to have in the black community. Yes, but I think that. that like the beauty of this show, and that's why I love coming here so much, is you take a topic like that and you get to have a conversation with that perspective and we get to teach people about that. So yeah. thank you for sharing that. Well, of thank course. you for sharing that. You know what, Ashley, let me take this wig off. Yeah. for holiday gift guides, including the latest from that wealthy Christmas elf, Gwyneth Paltrow. So, Goop's appropriately titled Ridiculous But Awesome Gift Guide includes a very relatable item like $400 block of cheese. It also has a $14,000 backgammon set and, of course, a pleasurable but pricey $15,000 24-karat gold vibrator. Mm -hmm. Lauren, is this is this guide ridiculous or awesome or both? This guide is so ridiculous that it makes it awesome. It, <laughs> yes! It's wholly unserious. At least I think so. Yeah. Well, that's what I think with Gwyneth. She's always keeping you guessing. I think that if this is serious to you, what camera am I on? Then we need to talk about you making a donation for Christmas. If, <laughs> right. Yeah. right. For the rest of us. It's fun. We're talking about a $400 block of cheese. And also, what did we expect? Like, this is from the makers of the vagina-scented candle. Yeah. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Can I just they know say, I am so over Gwyneth. <laughs> really? I really? am so over it. I'm just so over. She is so out of touch with us plebeians down here on Earth <laughs> that if she is trolling us, even that's mean. Like, yeah. if she's even doing this as satire, which, by the way, I don't think she's doing it as satire. I think she's doing it for her and her other little rich friends and the 1%. And I think that if you're taking a $15,000 vibrator seriously, you are so out of touch with the rest of us that I got no time for you. I don't know what world she's living in. Try it first. 
lunch before you knock You know it. what? A $50 or a $150 vibrator is going to do just as good of a be, job. Listen, that vibrator be, better be doing the laundry, <laughs> cutting the lawn, Thank tell you. me how pretty I am, and blowing out this wig. Like, yes. for that kind of money, that's a lot. But I'm also, you know what? I'm with you. I'm a huge fan of Gwyneth because I love that she has stepped away from acting and she built something from scratch that has been very successful. And a lot of people have tried to follow in her footsteps and they haven't had the same success. And I also appreciate the fact that, listen, she's a tall, beautiful woman who was born into privilege and she's not trying to pretend that she's one of us. She's leaning into it and she's saying, I know I'm this person and this is why I'm putting out this ridiculous list that only talks to the one percenters. Because let's be, ta- let's, let's be honest, when they're a Christmas list, they're always talking about like, oh, this is, you know, great, under $50 gifts, under $100. She's like, you know what? We have those lists for those people, so I'm gonna cater <laughs> the people who have $400 to spend on cheese. And we can all laugh at it, because I think that's, she, I think she I is not. she built herself. that empire, and I recognize that, on our gullibility. Like, you yes. know what I mean? Like, on our... We, but we're obsessed with luxury. People will spend no, their No, she last always wants to keep it out of reach. She always wants us aspiring to something we'll never have. Well, then why are people walking down the street wearing fake bags? Because people love that luxury, having that thing you think you can't afford. So she's tapping into that. She's a smart businesswoman. I like her. Gwyneth, invite me to the Christmas party. I'll come. <laughs> Um, Lauren, we love having you here. Please, whenever you are around, we'd love to have you back. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Subscribe to the social podcast so you don't miss a fiery debate. Until next time, socialites. <laughs> <laughs>